Hey, welcome to Conversations with my dear friend, Jeff Conway. My name is Susan. This is A Different Kind of Walk. I am in my brand new chair that I absolutely did not want to get. Did I tell you that last time, Susan? You did. So, I mean, emotionally, I wasn't ready to be in a chair that lifts you up to standing. Mm -hmm. You know, it just looks like an old person's chair. (laughs) And I'm not old. And I actually am, I guess. But... um. So I was not bullied, but three salespeople and Patty all made me sit in it. And it's crazy comfortable and moves my head and is warm everywhere. So life is good. I had a, I had a fall last night. So this is a good place to be after the fall because it just warms the bones and warms the muscles which is nice but Lumi's down here snuggled up in his bed but he'll he'll jump up there too uh no i have to lift him up which is a bummer so we just need to buy a animal bridge yeah just like a little step stool yeah that he can walk and get up on the bed himself instead of he just Sits at the edge of my bed and goes, Woof. Yep. Woof. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. bark. He just kind of makes this quiet Woof. Woof. to get my attention and go, Oh, okay, pick you up. Our cat loves this. She's a mommy's girl. So she likes to sit on my lap most of the time. And so I'll be on the computer and she'll sit on my lap. Um, and she, I'm pretty sure she has a urinary tract infection which is so sad. Um, and so she's been wanting to sit on me more, I think just for the comfort Uh, and just like, um, so she, I had to go grab something before this started, but before that she was just sitting in my lap and I figured I was just going to have a cat to pet the whole time we were recording, but nope. So I think they have a name traveling RV vet service so she takes care of our pets yeah i can't think of a name on 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 the van but um gosh it's great oh yeah you know, no, pull into the driveway and that's amazing you walk one pet out there or carry one pet out there so it's not mm-hmm. the scratching on the floor of being in the antiseptic yeah. room and all that kind of stuff that goes on in the vet's yeah. office no, that's amazing. I don't remember what they're traveling pet killers. No. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, that this whole conversation makes me want to bring up a topic that feels inappropriate, but I feel like you'll be candid enough to um, discuss it, which is euthanasia. So, what's all I... this fuss about youth euthanasia? Asia. I think they're <laughs> no, um, it's not youth in Asia. It's youth in Asia. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, SNL skit. That's Roseanne, Rosanna Dana. 
There you go. Yeah, so, she was pretty funny. So I've read I've read several books, and oddly enough, some of them are children's books, um, like The Giver, where that is a topic, um, where mercy killing or even people aging to a certain point and then you know they are released you know like that's in what they call children's it. books that's what they call it in the giver when you get the elderly at a certain point get released wow yeah and um and you know the the kids there are kids who work in the the place where the elderly live and they care for them and they, you know it's it's a comfortable life and it's wonderful and they, the, the narrative that they have of to be released is this, it's this big celebration, you know, you're going, you're going to somewhere. I don't even know where they say that they're going, but like, it's, it's this big, this beautiful thing. And they have these, these, these like release parties for different individuals. Um, and then along the way, one of the kids, one of the main kids, you know, like finds out, realizes like what this is. Um, and, you know, as the reader, you're supposed to be horrified. So, um, and I've, we also, Gary and I watched the Americans, which is a spy TV show that we really enjoyed. But at one point there is a woman who has cancer, like a really horrible form of cancer. I'm not sure what kind, I don't remember, but she's on morphine. And they, she intentionally tries to like save a little bit of morphine every single time so that she can collect enough to just knock herself off and which she tried or they try, her husband tries for her and then it goes horribly wrong. And then blah, 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 blah. it's, it's really awful. My mother what? kept enough Percocet that she thought would kill her. Mm. when she was ready and at that point Mm -hmm. um and i threw away the bottle yeah and i also said you know this has expired eight years ago or whatever kind of deal so (laughs) it might make you sick yeah so it might not work anyway probably wouldn't work so we're getting rid of this bottle so when i heard her say that yeah so you're talking about two very different issues there. I mean, obviously similar, but different issues. But um, so there was a, I don't know if it was a book, there was a movie out called Logan's Run that sounds very similar to The Giver. Mm-hmm. So because of overpopulation, everybody had a timer on their hand. Mm-hmm. And so when you turned 30, you went into the arena and you know it was a movie from back in the 70s that i remember and everybody kind of twirled up in the arena that was 30 and then got zapped and disappeared so they were basically killed by you know a laser or whatever but it was the same kind of thing it was this big celebration with everybody in a stadium type thing cheering them on and celebrating and yay they've moved on and all this so there are some that figured out this is a big lie and so they were trying to escape so that's what that was all about so it sounds a little bit like the giver in that way which is 
I would be strongly against that kind of thing where everybody has a certain amount of time, you know, just all that kind of stuff that makes mm-hmm. no theological sense to me at all. What happens regularly for people in particularly in morphine situations is the nurses overdo it or the nurses encourage a relative how to overdo it. Anytime mm-hmm. there's a groan, go ahead and give some more. Mm-hmm. Those that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. So these bills against euthanasia, because it's legal in Oregon. Mm-hmm. I don't think I knew that. And I don't like really the legality of it um, Mm -hmm. because it's people in my situation that decide when they can't take it anymore. Yeah. Um, So it's okay. I I could go to Oregon right now and be done. Yeah. Um, I could meet with a psychologist and say the right things and, you know, all that kind of stuff and be done. And I don't agree with that. And particularly for me personally, because I want to continue to grow and stretch and I am, and, you know, I'm loving these kind of conversations on the podcast and with other people and things they spark with friends and all that kind of stuff. Even though now I'm going to be sleeping 19 hours a day because I'll have this chair (laughs) that's supposed to be good for me to help me sit up also. Mm-hmm. Instead of just that's supposed to be good for the collapsed lung, but um, I'm not sure uh, I knew you have a collapsed lung, just one lobe. Fun, um, so yeah, but they have this breathing thing where you have to breathe in and out and keep the ball where the happy face is, and mm-hmm. I do it better than Patty. <laughs> so, uh, I wrote that to a friend who's a doctor and said, you know, sometimes your lungs just compensate and the other lobes and parts just make up for what's been lost. So that seems to be, I mean, you know, when I mm-hmm. been telling myself how long I can hold my breath and like mm, 45 seconds, 50 seconds, I could hold it longer if I wanted to, but you know, mm-hmm. Anyway, there's a movie that I love because it's death, because it says some really good death statements. One of them being, you can't negate or stop me from having the opportunity of talking about my death. Mm. Because that demeans me. Mm. Because it's the process I'm going through. And so when you say, no, I would don't go there. Don't talk about that. It's like, don't talk about what's happening in your life. Like don't talk about you wearing a black sweater and black hat today. Kind of a deal. Cause you're a witch, I guess. But um, (laughs) I I mean, I love it. I love watching some death movies, but it's called me before you. And it's somebody who is hit by a motorcycle and paralyzed from the neck down. And Um, so no arms, no legs, no shoulders, nothing. Just the moving of the head is the only thing that's left. And 
he goes to a place in Norway where it's legal to take the kind of medicines that stop your yeah. heart. And yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that. I guess because I'm learning so much from God in the midst of what's going on here that I don't think it's my choice to say, okay, I'm done. Knowing that I could go to Oregon right now and be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had had a conversation on Sunday night with a couple in my church. And um, the whole topic came up because this guy is not retirement age, but older than me. And he listened to his first podcast uh, the other day. And it was the podcast with Scotty in it because he knows Mm -hmm. Scotty and he loved it. And it was really great. And so we were talking about the podcast and I mentioned the one with Claire, the episode with Claire and how she says something very similar to what you just said about, um, yeah, like God, take this and use it to turn me into whatever it is that you want me to be, you know? Right. And, you know, I'm telling, telling my friends about Claire and about her multiple myeloma and how it's now in remission and all this stuff. And wouldn't you know it, the guy is like, I have the same thing. He has multiple. Wow. Yeah. He has multiple myeloma. Um, I didn't even know that. Wow. Has gone through something very similar. And so this led us to just have this conversation. And he said at different times in history, it's, it's been known that like Christians die well, or that is one potential outcome of faith is that people who know God die well they they do death well um and it reminded me of you know the the coliseum and people in the arena and and christians going to their deaths singing and which on one hand in a very earthly view feels crazy right it it makes sense that you would want the pain to end it makes sense that you would go to oregon it makes sense that that guy would go to norway it even makes sense in the giver that you'd you know, when you get to a certain age where you're still of, you're still mentally with it and you're still physically okay, that you wouldn't opt to stick around long enough to get dementia. Like right. that, that makes logical sense. And yet there's, there's something else. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. So I've talked to my mother a few times since she's been back in Oregon and you know this is the woman I had to tell rub your hands together put them under the faucet dry them off Mm -hmm. there's something about this place with 50 people that is pushing her and she's actually having sentence conversations with me not long um doesn't remember everything so i called her yesterday and i said do you know what happened 63 years ago today and she said no i said well it's something that you did 63 years ago and she goes oh it's my birthday (laughs) 
And so I thought she got it right that, you know, she just messed up the word that it was my birthday. Mm-hmm. But no, she thought she was 63. <laughs> I said, no, you're 87. Somebody else is 63. Can you think of who that might be? No. Did she know that so, you were her kid? And then I said, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I said, well, it's somebody who weighed almost 10 pounds when he was born. And she goes, and this was specific too. She goes, you were 913 when you were born. I go, that's right, because it's my birthday today. Oh, I didn't call you on your birthday or get you anything. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. So, yeah, I just thought it was the reason to call her. So, um, so even that, when you get to the place of dementia, there was still some interesting stuff that she was remembering and smiling about and mm-hmm. celebrating where if she was in a giver society or a Logan's run, she would have been sapped by now. Definitely. Yeah. Thankfully the giver is actually like you get to, you actually get the white hairs. Like you actually get old. You just don't get so old that everything's falling apart. Um, Is there illness in the book? No. Is it the, the, idea is that everyone in this particular community at some point in time decided to go to sameness. They opted to give up um, certain freedoms in order to have sameness and comfort and whatever. So as such, they don't see in color. Everything is black and white so that everyone's the same. And Oh, wow. They, you know, but what at, about cancer or colds or any of that kind of stuff? No, no none of it's not, that's not a thing. Um, everybody is given a, you know, given certain jobs, the community decides what jobs you get, um, you know, based very intentionally, like based on who you are and they know you and all this stuff, they've watched you this whole time. And, Um, and no, they all take pills so that they don't, they don't develop certain hormones. So like sex isn't a thing. There are people who grow up and become birth mothers and then the children get placed with families and that's how it continues on. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And so they've, and the other, the big thing, the whole crux of the book is that, um, they have intentionally given up historical memory because it involves pain. It involves war. It involves just all that kind of stuff. So, but there's one person, they very intentionally keep one person around who houses all of the memories of all the horrible things, good things too, but all of the horrible things throughout human history. And occasionally when they have a really difficult decision to make, they will call upon this person to give them wisdom. And in this book, that person is aging 
and is ready to have a new apprentice and to give up, pass on those memories to this young boy to become the new receiver. That's what he's called, the receiver, the new receiver. And so, uh, yeah, it's a really, really intense book. Wow. For fifth graders. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. For fifth grade? Mm -hmm. But honestly, that, so my teacher gave me that book when I was in fifth grade and it, I don't want to say it saved my life, but like that and books like it were the thing for me. They were the reason I started liking to read. They were, they were friendship for me. They were so much. Um, yeah. It was really good. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Say hi, Mr. Loom. Oh, thank you for the kiss. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's rough being a white puff ball, isn't it? Mm -hmm. For sure. Uh, He's so cute. Okay. Well, I can let you all go. All right. Okay. Well, great talking to you. Yeah, you too. Bye. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for A Different Kind of Walk. Until next time. Live well.